Hello, and welcome to episode 199 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Alma DP, Valerie R., Aaron B., and Mandy J., the newest members of the Modern Manager membership. Just a friendly reminder that transcripts are now available for all episodes to everyone. So if you want to get the episode transcript, you just need to subscribe to my newsletter at themodernmanager.com. If you want to access the transcripts in the show notes, you need to become a member and they will be there in the private member feed, along with the extended conversation with the guests and bonus content. To become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. Today's guest is Darcy Loma. Darcy is the author of Thoughtfully Fit and a highly sought-after coach and consultant who has worked with more than 500 organizations in 48 industries to create high-performing people and teams. She balances her thriving business with raising her two energetic teenage daughters and competing in triathlons. Darcy and I talk about the lessons from her book that she's developed over years of work. The book, again, is Thoughtfully Fit, your training plan for life and business success. As you'll hear, she uses the metaphor of being physically fit and applies it to how we think about our mental and emotional fitness so that we can be effective managers and really just effective humans in general. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. It is such a pleasure to have you here today, Darcy. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me about this concept of thoughtfully fit, which I'm really excited to get into because I'm an exercise enthusiast, but I've never thought about this metaphor for my brain, for my my way of thinking and, and feeling in the world. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Mamie. All right, let's jump right in here to this concept. Can you give us an overview of this idea of thoughtfully fit? Yes, it is exactly what you said. It's being able to train your mind. So just like if you want to be physically fit, you need to train and practice. You know, you you can't just go for a a three-mile jog once a month and expect to be fit. In the same way, if you want to handle your challenges in life thoughtfully, you can train and practice and they'll get easier. That's sort of it in a nutshell. I love it, right? I love this metaphor that like we can't just expect things to just like be there because we want them to be. We can't just expect to like act and think and feel in certain ways just because we want to, that it actually takes practice and that we can build muscles in it, that we can get stronger and better and faster the more that we do it and the, the better, like we get better from from practicing. But that feels like a little bit weird <laughs> to me to be like, how do I practice making my my brain stronger other than maybe like those memory games on my phone, right? So maybe you can break this down now to like the next layer. How yeah. do you think about this, like the full model of Thoughtfully Fit? You know, what happened, Mimi, was we started to notice, I've been coaching for 17 years, thousands and thousands of hours, hundreds and hundreds of clients. And I started to notice that when people would come into our coaching sessions, they had similar problems. And so I spent five years researching and categorizing what are the problems that everybody experiences? 
Turns out there are six main hurdles that get in the way of being high performing. And the, the flavor, the details, the players are different, but the hurdles are the same. And that's when I realized like, okay, if we know that everybody experiences similar challenges, what could we do to create a model and a training plan to help them be able to train to overcome those challenges instead of just like, ah, shoot, this tough conversation. I don't know how to have it, Darcy. This person isn't performing well. I think I need to fire them, but I feel really bad because I haven't told them they're not performing well. That's when I decided I need to create something to help them train, just like when I did my first triathlon in 1998, I was miserable and it was hard. It was awful because I hadn't trained and practiced. I did it on a whim. And once I started to train and hired a coach and joined a triathlon team, the triathlons got easier and more fun. And it wasn't because they were shorter or there were fewer hills. It was because I was more prepared. First of all, Good for you for like going for a triathlon on a whim. I would never yeah. do that. Even I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just awesome. And the fact that you even like said, I'm going to do this again and I'm going to do it in the smarter way like that. That's awesome. So many people would just be like, done, never doing that again. Yes. All right. But, you know, okay. So what I love about this model, um, and I want to get into like each of these different six elements, is that it's not the typical, okay, you know, having tough conversations or, you know, ability to give feedback or like that's not the problems or the hurdles that you identified, which is I think what we see a lot in leadership skill sets, kind of, you know, areas of focus where like you need to get build this skill and get better at it. You took a different approach. So can you walk us through those six hurdles and, and the way that you think about it? Yes, absolutely. So first hurdle, there's so much to do. I can't even think. So the overwhelm, and, and, and understandably, the people you work with, Mamie, are probably similar to the people I work with. They're high performing, they're successful, they're driven, they're motivated, and they're overwhelmed. And they had a lack of stillness. And that is a hurdle. Just like if you want to be physically fit, you have to take rest days to get stronger. You cannot lift weights every day and expect to get stronger. Your muscles rebuild on the rest days and get stronger in the same way. I found that people were jam packing their days, meeting after meeting, after podcast, after phone call, after email, and not having the time to rest their mind, to be creative and innovative and strategic and give themselves time to think. So the second hurdle is I don't always handle myself the way I'd like. And this is the thoughtfully fit practice of strength, which is about being able to consciously choose how you show up. So let's just say I was in a meeting, well, it was one of the first in-person meetings in a long time, and somebody came in, they clearly were frazzled, and they came in and set their bag down and be like, oh, I hate traffic. It was so frustrating, and I left the office, or I left my house late to get here because my daughter, and was just spewing all of this and bringing in this negative energy being able to handle yourself the way you choose is a skill and it, and it impacts 
everything around you. And it's strength because sometimes it's a heavy lift to be able to self-manage and to pause and think, how do I want to show up when I walk through the door? I'm really stressed out right now, but I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to walk through and I'm going to leave that behind and smile and be present. Beautiful. Okay. And what's the next one? Endurance. So clients would come in saying I'm stuck, stuck in a job that I can't figure out how to get a promotion, stuck in a relationship that, uh, that feels unfulfilling. People would come in and have some version of feeling stuck. And it's understandable because they're doing important, big, hard stuff. But the key is how do you move forward and get unstuck so that you don't just stall out or quit altogether? And so it's the thoughtfully fit practice of endurance and and being able to overcome those obstacles to get unstuck and to move forward. So I have to say, I took your free online quiz and endurance was the one that that, uh, came up for me as the key hurdle that I'm facing right now. Oh, fascinating. Yes. And so did that surprise you? Yes and no. I mean, I didn't know all that much about the various different pieces, which is why we're having this conversation, because I want to I want to learn. So in some ways, I, I didn't really know what I could <laughs> have the answers be. But when I was reading about these sometimes these feelings of getting stuck, like I totally have that like, oh, which way should I take my business? And, you know, I, there's so many opportunities that maybe I'm just going to like bury myself in the the current challenges rather than making more time. And maybe this is like the element of stillness, finding more space to really like think and process and plan. So without making the time for that, I just kind of sit in the like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yes. And thank you for sharing that. That's that's exactly what we find. People get stuck. And, and sometimes it, you'll notice that they are overlapping and that if you don't have stillness, yeah, you don't have time to think through, okay, What are the different perspectives? What are the pros and cons if I do option A versus option B? And that lack of stillness contributes to being stuck. Totally. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. So those are three that are internal where we get in our own way. And then the next three are external that are in relationship with other people. So hurdle number four is I'd be fine if only you were different. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So some version of, right, if, gosh, if only my boss would smile when I walk in, if only my colleague would just pick up the phone and talk to me when he's upset instead of sending these nasty emails, if only my kids would do the dishes instead of piling them in the sink, if somebody would behave differently, then I could be happy. And, and I don't disagree. There, there's, there's people in my life that I would love to change and that would make me happier. The reality is, though, we can't change other people. And so this is the thoughtfully fit practice of flexibility, which is stretching to accept others as they are. And, and if you can't accept them as they are, can you at least stretch to accept the fact that you can't change them? I feel like this one is so important for managers, especially when you inherit a team and, you know, you didn't get to pick each person who was there and you can't just fire everyone who you don't get along with. And so you really need to find ways to accommodate and to accept who they are so that you can work together effectively. Bingo. Absolutely. And what's hard about this, and especially for managers, is figuring out When do I need flexibility to just accept that 
this person is detail oriented and they're going to ask me 17 questions. That's who they are. It's actually their superpower drives me crazy because I'm a visionary creative, right? But I need to accept that that's who they are. And that's a strength with how balancing the next hurdle, which is I have relationships don't, that don't work. And, and it's the thoughtfully fit practice of balance. Balance is being able to balance. What do you want and need with what I want and need? So with flexibility, you stretch and you accept somebody as they are. With balance, you try to find that, that sweet spot to achieve alignment. And the manager might say, I love that you're detail-oriented. And I'm noticing that when we have meetings, we only get through two issues because there are so many questions. And I want to make sure we get through everything. So I'm just wondering, how can we navigate this, right? I want to balance that you want and need lots of detail with my desire to make sure that we cover more ground. And that is the the, the hard thing, right? And especially for managers, like when do I accept someone and when do I step in to have a tough conversation to try to find the balance? Ooh, all right. I want to get to the last one. And then I want to come back to talk about some of the tips and tricks and suggested ways that managers can can do those Perfect. things, can can know when do I need to be flexible and when do I need to balance. But let's talk yeah. about this last one first. Yeah, the last one is I react poorly when blindsided. So, you know, you, you, uh, you're in a meeting and somebody criticizes you and calls you out in front of everybody. And instead of pausing to think, hmm, how do I want to respond to that? That's kind of out of character. I wonder if they have another coffee, right? And acting thoughtfully, you react on autopilot and, and have a knee-jerk reaction in the moment and, and you get defensive, you know, and, and criticize and, and, and blame somebody else in that moment. And that one is, uh, sorry, I didn't say that one's agility. So that, 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 that is the thoughtfully fit practice of agility, being able to respond thoughtfully instead of reacting on autopilot. Amazing. All right. Let's go back to this flexibility and balance. And then I want to make some time for agility too, to talk about kind of how have you seen managers show up and do these things well? Or kind of how do you suggest that we go about developing our capability in these areas? Yeah. So this is where at the beginning you said, yeah, this is great, Darcy. You can train and practice, but what, how, what does that mean? It's not, I mean, it's easy for me to say, I'm going to do 20 sit-ups a day and build a strong core physically. How do I build a strong core for my mind? And, and how do I train to get thoughtfully fit? And so at the core of the model is the most important strategy. And there are strategies for all of these practices, but regardless of which hurdle is your biggest struggle, you can always go back to the core, which is three simple steps. Step one is to pause. So you have to kick yourself off of that, that autopilot response. Step two then is to think. And the think is where you ask yourself some thoughtful questions in order to create new awareness. The highest performing leaders, the strongest managers, they all have one thing in common, a high degree of self-awareness. And then when you've taken the moment to think and ask yourself some questions to get new awareness, then you can proceed and act thoughtfully. And those three steps you can do quickly and they 
become easier the more you train. So just like if you were to tomorrow wake up and decide I'm going to have a strong core and you do 20 setups, you're going to wake up the next day and and be sore. (laughs) That was hard. But if you do 20 setups every day for the month, oh my gosh, you're just like, this is nothing. I got to increase. I got to do 30. I got to do 40. I have to do 50 setups in order to get that same level of soreness. It's the same way. So you start by practicing your core on the small things. Pause, you know, and think and act so that you get stronger. So when the big tough things happen, you have the capacity, you have a strong core and you don't overreact or react in a knee-jerk moment way. I love this. All right. And I want to like push a little on it because like I know for myself, like I set a time where I go to the gym to do my workout or ride my Peloton, which is my favorite. And I can like build it into my day. And yet so much of being a manager and how we think is like, it's just the bombardment of like the whole day long. So do you suggest that we like schedule times to pause and go through that core cycle? Like, is that how we kind of get started down this path is just scheduling it in? Or are there other ways that we can kind of help ourselves notice, ooh, now is a good time for me to do those 10 sit-ups so that Mm -hmm. I can be working my way up? Yes, absolutely. It's both. You can pause as a practice and build in times. And you then ideally what you're building towards is that you then can pause in the moment. So what do I mean by that? When I worked for, I worked for 12 years as one of uh, leading one of our U S senators offices. And I would go, I was that person who was going in back to back to back meetings and lobbyists and constituents and just had no time to think. And so I was definitely reacting in the moment. And so when I started to realize how ineffective that was, I created some pauses, some natural pauses in my day, for instance, by creating buffers. So instead of having an appointment from nine to 10 and then one from 10 to 11 and one from 11 to 12, I started to create a minimum of 15 minute buffer before and after that practice has stayed with me till today. And most, if you were to look at my calendar, maybe most of my things have a 30 minute buffer. So that's a natural pause that I've built in as a structure so that I can take a breath. I can pull out the files. I can get present think about who I'm going to be meeting with and then act thoughtfully as opposed to come running in out of another meeting and closing out that, you know, Zoom meeting and popping in another one and trying to figure out who is this and where am I? I'm like, oh, shoot, I meant to do something. And then afterwards, having that built in pause to be able to quickly send the recap email or file things away or uh, take those next three action steps that you just said you committed to in the meeting before you move on to the next one. Because when I didn't have that built into my day, what happened at five o'clock, everybody go home. And then I'd be like, okay, now my nine o'clock meeting, what did I tell them I do? And I'd be looking at my notes like, shoot, I didn't take very good notes. And it was so inefficient because I had not built in those pauses throughout the day. That makes so much sense. And I also have started structuring my day with more pauses like that specifically to do exactly what you said, which is to take time to go to the bathroom and not have my headphones in and be like, hey, folks, I'm listening, but I'm in the bathroom, which like literally is like the most awkward thing to do when you're in a Zoom (laughs) meeting. 
But sometimes you're like, I don't know. I can't be late to this meeting and I haven't gotten up from my desk in four hours. So finding and building in even like five or 10 minute spaces to like write those good notes for myself. Even if I know I'm not going to have time to do the action right then, at least making sure it ends up in the right place on my to-do list so that I won't miss it when I do have the time to, to attend to it. So I love this, like, build more space in. And I'm actually wondering for people who are working inside bigger organizations where, you know, you have just the whole whirlwind around you, do you have any tips for how to talk to your team about building in these spaces or kind of adjusting your standing meetings, which are like always on the half hour or the hour mark to to get others around you to be on board with this idea or to at least respect that you're saying, I'm not coming to an hour long meeting. If I'm going to have a back to back, I can only come for 50 minutes. Yes. I mean, part of it is being able to set boundaries and honor them. And set expectations that, hey, here's here's what I'm doing as a manager, and here's why I'm doing it, and here's what it's going to look like, and here's how it's going to be different than what you're used to. If I have a meeting from 9 to 10, you're going to see my calendar blocked out from 8.45 to 10.15. You can't schedule over that. I'm training anybody who has access and putting meetings on my calendar that you also need to build in that buffer. And, and, if, and if you don't, I'm going to go in and adjust the, the appointment to have that 15 minutes before and after. That's a boundary that I had to set and communicate and hold firm on. And it was hard at first. And then explaining to your team why and what the benefit is. And for me, I know my fear when I did this with my team was that I was going to be less productive and less efficient because if you build in 15 minute buffers all throughout the day, that's less meetings you can have. Exactly the opposite happened. I was more productive and more efficient because of that built in time, because things weren't falling through the cracks. I was fresher. I wasn't leaving at eight o'clock at night because I had three hours of inefficient time trying to remember what I had promised everybody throughout the day. So I was leaving the office at 5, 5.30, getting my workout in, spending time and being fresher. So I think if you can articulate clearly and then role model why you're doing what you're doing and then give your team permission to do the same thing, that's going to be part of the, the strategy to help your team move in this direction. Especially like in the time of the great resignation, if, if people are overwhelmed and they're stressed and they're feeling right, they're just gonna be like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to go somewhere else. This isn't worth it. So there is an advantage to helping your team have have some stillness and have some of these built-in pauses throughout the day so that they aren't overwhelmed and then deciding they're out, they're quitting. Totally. All right. Let's talk about one more tip or practice or recommendation that you have to help managers address one of these, one or more of these six different factors. So is there another one that's like your go-to? Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I'm regularly practicing all of these, so I, I can, I can pick any of them. Right. But I'll share, cause you had said earlier, you wanted to touch on agility. If you think about agility and the ability, I, I don't know if you maybe um, have ever, if you, if, if, or your listeners ever played dodgeball in elementary school, do you remember dodgeball? Did you ever play that? 
Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if anybody's listening or maybe you're not in the U.S. and you don't know what that is, it was this horrible thing we did in elementary school in the gym where you'd have a line of people on one side and the other side a line of people and you had these rubber balls that you would be whipping at people or you'd be getting whipped at and they would be coming at an intensity and an unpredictability and it was horrible. Now, I know some of you are listening. You loved it. You loved the adrenaline, but it was intense. That's what, when you think about agility, it's like things are coming at you and you're getting criticized and you've got a client that's upset or you have a colleague that is frustrated and you, in that moment, take a pause, take a breath to breathe. So instead of reacting and pounding out a reply to that email. Somebody just said, I don't know why you did this and it created a problem. And, and you would just in that heated moment, pound out your reply and hit send or worse, reply all. And then now, not only do you have the first problem that you dealt with, now you have the added challenge of just adding fuel to the fire. And so when you have agility, you can, you, you can be nimble. You can, in the moment, take that pause to think, okay, this email is really harsh. Hmm. This isn't like him. I wonder what's going on. How do I want to show up in this moment? What would, could I do that might neutralize this? And then act. And maybe instead of pounding out a reply, maybe you pick up the phone and you say, hey, just got your email. And it and it, it, it felt like maybe you're, you're a little bit upset. And I just wanted to check in because this doesn't like you. And I, I wanted to see what's going on. And, you know, maybe they say, oh, God, you're right. You, you just got caught in the crossfire. I'm frustrated and I'm sorry. I, da, da, da. And you can you can pivot so that it's like you catch the dodgeball and you call a timeout instead of just like continually being in this reactive space. That's, this is so amazing. I actually did this with my daughter where she was like throwing this crazy fit and I was so angry and I just like took her in my arms. And I said, what is going on? You're never like this. And she just looked at me and she was like, I think I'm just tired and hungry. And I was like, okay, oh, we can solve that. Yeah. Like it was this amazing moment. I had, had never even like, I don't even know what inspired me to do that in that moment, but I can completely see how like when you call that time out where it's just like a, an awakening that happens of, oh yeah, wait, yeah, this isn't actually what I meant or that's not, yeah, no, we can, we can deescalate this much more quickly. Now, I also know that there are times where that doesn't always work. And the person's reaction can be a little like, what do you mean this isn't like, don't pry into my life. So have you seen that happen where the reaction is actually the opposite when they're like, why are you questioning me? Or like, no, I really am this angry. Oh, you bet. Yeah. People are annoying. <laughs> People are <laughs> difficult. So most definitely. And, and also we don't, we don't, control other people. And so the example I gave that, that absolutely happens. And yes, you are right where the opposite happens. Where I say, well, what do you mean? I, I don't have time to talk about this. Why don't you just reply to my email? Right. Yes. Absolutely. And so this, when, when I talk about engaging your core, this isn't like do it once and you're done for the day. 
you do it continually, wash, rinse, repeat. So in that moment, when they're attacking you now, not only just an email, they're attacking you on the phone. That's the, another opportunity to pause. Take a breath and think. Because if you don't and you just react in the moment, I love your example with your, with your daughter. Like I've got teenage daughters and I've been in that place where instead of doing what you did is sort of slowing it down and taking a pause and giving them a hug saying, hey, what's going on? I said, hey, Little Miss Sassy Pants, don't talk to me that way, right? And then I escalate it. And now she's yelling at me and I'm yelling at her and it just gets worse. So that's another place to pause and to think, how do I want to show up in this moment? What's happening that is, right? If I'm getting, now I'm getting triggered. Like they've just pushed my buttons. That's not the good place to be. And how do I stay calm and a calm grounding presence in this moment? What do I need to be able to show up thoughtfully? And then you act from that place. And, and it may be that, you know, who knows that they, you say, hey, so I'm just noticing that we've got a, a pattern here where we're just constantly in this place of, of tension and anger. And I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to, to check in with you and I'm feeling like you're, you're really upset with me. And this is a peace offering. This is a, I'm curious what's happening. What's going on that, that, you, that you're this angry right now? Cause that is not my intention. I'm wanting to figure this out to get to the place where we can work better together. Or, you know, you may then need to actually design a pause and say, I need some time to think about this. And I, I prefer to not talk about it while we're both feeling frustrated and, on edge, you know, can I give you a call back in an hour? That's where you, that pause to think gives you the chance to make a thoughtful choice instead of just reacting. I love that. I think we do not take advantage enough of this, like, you know what, let's stop this conversation because it's not going anywhere productive. And let's both do a little calming, a little thinking, a little reflecting, and then let's come back and revisit. Like we like we are moving so fast all the time that it's like if it doesn't get solved in the moment, then we just kind of like let it go and it just festers behind, you know, underneath the surface. And so being able to in the moment say like, I'm not able to show up in the way I want to right now. So I actually want to take a step back and let's come, let's regroup on this. Let's not just let it, you know, sit and linger in the air, but let's come back to it when we are ready to have a productive conversation. So that's such an important tactic that we don't take advantage of. Yeah, and, and I, I wanna underscore what you just did beautifully, which is not, you know, you're angry and you're clearly upset and you need a break. It's like, I'm feeling this way and I'd like to design a break. And that way, right, you're, 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 you aren't adding fuel to the fire by blaming them or pointing out what they're doing wrong. All right. We are at the end of our time. So Darcy, can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person so fantastic? Yes. I worked for Joanne Anton. She was my boss, manager, leader, mentor when I worked in the senator's office. And what made her fantastic was she had this beautiful blend of giving very clear expectations, setting the bar very high, telling me exactly what success looked like, offering support to achieve that, but not micromanaging me. And that's a tightrope that's hard to walk. And I 
just appreciated so much her willingness and ability to hold me accountable, but not micromanage me. Such an important skill for all managers to have to be able to shape success and then give people space to be self-directed and so hard to do. And lastly, where can people keep up with you, get a copy of your book and learn more about your work? Oh, thank you. So DarcyLoma.com is my website. The book you can get on Amazon, Audible, all the local retailers. And you had mentioned earlier taking the quiz. So if anybody's curious on what is your biggest hurdle, if you go to ThoughtfullyFit.com, there's a quiz. It's two or three minutes and it'll spit out your biggest hurdle at this moment and a strategy to overcome it. And then it'll put you on our Thoughtfully Fit tips list. We send out tips twice a month that give you some more insights and some core challenges on how to be thoughtfully fit. And if you don't want to get that, anybody can just unsubscribe at any time. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of these interesting bits of wisdom and insight that you have learned over your years of coaching and helping me at least, and hopefully my audience start to think differently about how we show up as a manager. Oh, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here, Mimi. Darcy is offering two signed copies of her book, Thoughtfully Fit, your training plan for life and business success. You can get one of these copies if you're a member of the Modern Manager at the Sprout level or above. You just need to be one of the first two members to request it. So to become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox along with those episode transcripts when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.